This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Glory to God. Well, God is so good. Amen. Good having you out here. We are in a series this month, and it's about worshiping Jesus. Amen. And how many people in the church loves to worship Jesus? Amen. How many people are worshipers of Jesus? And if the Bible says, if you don't honor the son, you cannot honor the father. And there's a lot of people that talk about honoring God or God and that they love God. But do they love Jesus? And if you do love God, you have to love Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. Amen. So this this month we're focused on on worship and the title is come worship Jesus. And each week we're focused on a different expression of worship, uh, we discovered last week that one of the ways that we can worship is by raising our hands. Amen? And uh, this is a, a, a great way to worship. I noticed that the worship team, they have one mic in one hand and another hand raised to heaven. And, uh, and so I love that. And really, raising your hands to, to God and check out that message, um, it, it reveals our dependency on God that we depend on him, it, it reveals our humility that, that we surrender to him, and it reveals our victory, that when you raise your hands, you're saying, I have the victory no matter what it looks like in this life. And you have to believe, say, I believe I have the victory. And so I, I love that, and, and in Psalm 63, 4, it says, Thus I will bless you while I live, I'll lift up my hands in your name. And there's over, 40 rep- uh, there's over 40 references in the Bible of raising your hands. So I really believe that, that it should be a big part of our worship. We discovered also raising our hands is like giving God an offering. And, you know, you can give God a natural offering, but how about giving God a spiritual off- offering? And I love that. And it says in Psalms 141, 2, it says, Accept my prayer as an incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. So, so, so raising our hands is a wonderful way of giving God spiritual offering and showing him our, you know, our dependency, our humility and our victory in Christ. Amen. Today, I want to continue the series. Come worship Jesus. Part two. And the subtitle is Bringing Jesus Gifts. Bringing Jesus Gifts. Let's open our Bible to our foundational scripture uh, that we looked at last week. It's in Matthew. And this is surrounded by the story of the wise men. Glory to God. Coming to Jesus. And in Matthew 2, it says, now, verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So I'm going to say this. Wise people worship God. If you're wise, you're going to be a worshiper of God. If you're wise, you're going to be a worshiper of Jesus. And then we know that that the wise men when they were uh, headed towards seeing Jesus, they stopped off at King Herod's palace 
to consult with King Herod. Herod wanted to know why they were coming. And uh, Herod was uh, a king that was uh, nervous about Jesus coming because he was thinking that Jesus was going to take his throne. But he acted real coy and said, listen, you know, let me know when you find this Jesus. Really, he wants he, his goal was to kill Jesus. And, uh, you know, the devil's goal is really to kill our worship in Jesus. His goal is to shut us down. And that's and that's what King Herod wanted to do was shut down Jesus. But the wise men, you know, he said, when you find Jesus, let me know. And the wise men are wise and they hear from the Lord and they didn't go back to Herod. But uh, but in verse nine, it says, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they have seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. This is really powerful that that star guided them. And I'm going to say this, as the star guided them to Jesus, the Holy Spirit guides us to God. Amen. Amen. And so and so and so and so the star guided them. It was like a treasure hunt. And I don't know if anybody ever had a treasure hunt in here, ever try to try to hunt for treasure. Uh, But they were hunting for treasure. The Bible talks about the kingdom of God is likened to a great treasure, like a pearl of great price. And a person goes and buries it and then sells everything they have to get that land where that pearl's at. And the, and the wise men, they, they came, they didn't come empty-handed. When you come into the house of God, never come empty-handed. Always be ready to give. Amen. And I love this. And really, the, they came from the east. And historians tell us that it was a 900-mile trip. Uh, To get to Jesus. Uh, Can somebody say sacrifice? Sacrifice. (laughs) They sacrificed 900. Think about this. 900 miles they went. And we sometimes complain if we have to drive five minutes to church. (laughs) Sometimes we complain if we have to drive 10 minutes to somewhere or 20 minutes or 30 minutes is really out there. Amen. Uh, but but you know what they they traveled nine hundred miles. That just tells me their their commitment and and their faith in believing God. Amen. So they came to worship Jesus, and in spite of the hardships that it took for them to get there. Now I'm going to say this: that if you're walking in faith, you're going to come to church. You're you're going to lay down the natural. You know. Uh, your body wants to sleep in. I'm going to say that. You know, Saturday, uh, we get up early every day because we have to get the kids ready and we get up early. And, and we get up early for Sunday. But Saturday is our sleep-in day. Anybody, Saturdays are your sleep-in day? And I'm telling you, Saturday, Saturday is the Sabbath. This is my sleep-in day. But Sunday is the day that I worship God. Sunday is the day that I get up for God. Sunday is the day that I sacrifice. You say sacrifice. It's not much of a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice. The Bible talks about sacrifices of praise. Amen. And I believe, and my question to you, are you willing to sacrifice and come worship Jesus no matter what the cost? Are you, are you willing to do that no matter what the cost? And let's go a little deeper in this. And in Matthew 2, 19, it says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they have seen in the east 
went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. This is interesting. This is powerful. They, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy because of the star and because of Jesus, because Jesus has been prophesied all through the scriptures that, that the Son of God was going to come into this world to take away the sins of mankind. And so they wanted to be there in history to be able to honor Jesus. And they were willing to go through whatever it took to honor him. And they were overjoyed and they were overjoyed and they brought gifts to Jesus. My question to you today, are you overjoyed in giving gifts to Jesus? Do you have a joyful heart? Because, because we should be joyful because our sins are washed away. We should be joyful because, because God has given, granted us a relationship with him through Jesus. We should be grateful. If you're joyful, let your face be notified. Amen. And, and the byproduct of salvation should be joy. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm telling you, we should be, and I, I preach this a lot, we should be the most happiest Christians or happiest people on the planet. Why? Because our sins are washed away. They were, they were overjoyed to give. Amen? They were joyful. I'm, one of my favorite songs or hymns, Christmas hymns, is joy to the world. Anybody love that song? We're going to be playing that. And I love it because it says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. I love that. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. So, so, so even the stars worship God. The planet worships God. And we... God's people should be worshipers and overjoyed in our worship and giving the best that we have. Amen. So, so, so the knowledge of salvation should bring us joy. And, and they were overjoyed because of the star. Amen. And so the enemy doesn't want us to be joyful. The enemy is trying to shut down our joy. And I'm going to say this. If the enemy cannot steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. Maybe the devil has stole some things from you. You can tweet that. If the enemy can't steal your joy, this joy that you have, the world didn't give it to you, and the world should not be able to take it away. Amen? We should be joyful in all that God has. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen? In Matthew 2.11, it says, And when they came into the house... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm going to say this, that, you know, we see this in the Christmas cards. We see this in the nativity scene. They just show three wise men. There could have been more than just three wise men. There were three gifts. But there could have been a lot more than just three that came to worship Jesus. Amen. Just wanted to give you that. And so they were joyful in their giving. So our attitude should be joyful when we give to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, it says that each one of you give as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly 
or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I'm going to say this, not all the time when we give, it's cheerful. I'm preaching to somebody today. Sometimes giving hurts. Amen. The wise men brought Jesus gifts and, and this, let me just say this. These gifts represented something about the nature of Jesus. These three gifts and, and, and scholars have come up with, with these ideas that these gifts connects to, to, to who Jesus was. And, and they brought Jesus gold. And that's amazing. And gold represents Jesus' kingship. Amen. So kings have gold. And I'm going to say this to you today. You are kings and priests of the Most High God. And it's okay for you to have gold. And it's okay for you to wear gold. It's okay for you to invest in gold. Amen. And so, and, so, and so Jesus had gold. I believe that God was setting the family up because they were going to have to take a trip to Egypt. They were going to have to leave their home. And God was already setting them up for the financial blessing, the gold, to get them to Egypt and possibly fund Jesus for the rest of his life. Some people say, well, Jesus' family was poor because they had, they had to go to, an, uh, to the stable to have Jesus. No, there was no room in the end. It didn't say they didn't have money for the end. Can I get a witness in the house today? They just said there was no room in the end. And the only place was that stable for them to have. Amen? And so, and so the second thing that they received was frankincense. And frankincense is used in worship of God. It really signifies Jesus' divinity. And so it's when the priests worship, they would have incense that would come up to God. Amen? Our prayers are likened to incense that goes to the throne room of God. Do you believe that today? And, his, and your prayers are, ca- are, are, are held up in heaven. And, and, and they, I believe they're held in vials in heaven. Glory to God. And when your vial gets full, there it is. When your vial of prayer gets full, there it is. There's the blessing. Glory to God. So your prayers are going up as incense. And frankincense uh, is, is signifying the worship of Jesus. Jesus deserves to be worshipped. Amen. Amen. And then the myrrh is a, is a spice normally used for burial purposes. And this spice is, is signifying Jesus' humanity, that Jesus is going to the cross to set us free and to be seated at the right hand of the Father to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. I love that. And so, so we're talking about love this morning, and we're talking about giving. And, I, and whenever I mention giving, sometimes we get a little nervous, amen, uh, because we don't want to hear that word giving. But, but really, the nature of God is giving. In John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't think about us. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know that some of you might be thinking, I love God, but it's hard for me to give. You know, sometimes it can be hard to give because that's the nature of the flesh. But the nature of the spirit, it's always giving. The nature of the flesh is always hoarding and it's selfish. 
And we got to come out of selfishness and we got to come into the spirit of God. Amen. God, God wants us to be givers and God is the greatest giver in the universe by giving us Jesus. I'm going to say this. It takes faith to give. It really takes faith to give. If you don't give people that don't give to God, they lack faith in serving God. They lack faith and faith pleases God. And I don't want to lack faith in any area of my life, especially I don't want to lack faith in my giving. Amen. I love that. <clears throat> so I want to I want to focus on a scripture here that that is focused on giving, but it's focused on faith in giving. And, and I've, I've never connected this until just recently, until studying it out. And, and it starts off with Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 10. It says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. A lot of times when it comes to giving... Uh, we're, we're leaning on our own understanding in our giving. We're looking at our circumstances and our situations. We're trying to figure out, should I give or not give this month? No, no, it, that should not be a choice. You always give. Amen. And he said, and so you trust in the Lord because you got to believe that, that, that your blessing isn't in your job or the paycheck. Your blessing is in God. God's your source. Your paycheck's not your source. Uh, your, your job's not your source. God's your source. Every time you give God uh, into the offering, you give to God, you're, you're signifying that God is your source. That you trust God more than you trust your boss, your job, or whatever you're dealing with. And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways, Yes, all your ways, your financial ways. And he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now all this is connected. Now he goes into honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of some of your increase. Of all of your increase. So your barns be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I love this. He says, honor God. Look at your neighbor and say, honor God. And to show honor to God, we worship him with our tithes and our offerings. He says, give God the first fruits. And, you know, you got different ministers that preach differently on first fruits and tithing. I believe first fruits and tithing are similar or the same. I mean, so, so your first fruits is really the first 10% of what you make goes to God. And you say, 10%, Pastor? I don't really think it's that much. If you make $100, $10, uh, $10 of $100 goes to God. Is that a lot? If you make $1,000 a week, $100 of that 1000 goes to God. If you make $10,000 a week, $1,000 of that goes to God. You keep 9,000. I think that's a good deal. But that, that's your tithe. That's what we do. We tithe 10%. What we're saying to God, God the devil, the angels, uh, we're saying that we trust God with our finances. Every time 
we get a paycheck, we should think about God. That should be the first thing we think about. Why? Because God brought us out of death into life. Jesus paid the awesome price so that we could have eternal life. And I'm telling you, I owe a debt that I cannot pay. And Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And so he paid it up. He paid it first. He paid it up first for us. So now we need to meet that. I believe it's an obligation. An obligation. You may say, well, we're not under the law, Pastor. But, we, but I have to beg the differ. Can I get out of my seat today? I'm going to get out of my seat. We are under the law of love. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. If you're under the law of love, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you is to love, no, to love one another. And if, you're, if we're under, we are under the law, it's called the law of life in Christ Jesus, the law of love. And if we're under the law of love, that love should motivate us. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. That love should motivate us to dig deep into our pockets and give into the kingdom of God. Your salvation should motivate you, should change the way you spend your money. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, God loves us. And the tithe and the offering is God's financial blessing plan for the Christian. So I, I know some Christians that are always struggling. And I, I, know, I know some that are struggling. And I'm not talking about people in this particular church. But I find out and then I dig a little deeper and I find out that they're not really tithers. And I'm going to say this, you're going to always struggle because the devil's going to be pulling it out of you. And the devil's going to be coming, the curse is going to be coming in if you don't start tithing. And I'm telling you, I don't want to struggle in this life. I want the good life. How many people want the good life in here? I, I, I want the good life in here. And if I want the good life, I'm just going to obey God. Look at your name and say, obey God. And just obey God. You know, it says in, Ma- in the book of Malachi, uh, the Italian book. Actually, it's called Malachi. Uh, it says here, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. I love that. So he says, bring that tithes into the storehouse. Your tithes go to the local church. It helps keep the church moving forward. It helps keep us moving in the right direction. It, it finances the vision of the pastor. We are in this all together. It's not like, it's not just my church. It's our church. When something good happens at Sea Life Church, it's not just for me. It's for all of us. Amen. And we're all called to this church. I'm called to exceed life and you're called to exceed life. And just be and, and, and you have a responsibility and I have a responsibility. And my responsibility, since I've been called to this church, I tithe and give offerings myself. Amen. I do that. Everything that comes in, uh, we give back out. Glory to God. Why? Because I will not teach something that I don't do myself. I, I, that would be a hip, I would be a hypocrite 
if I didn't give into the church and I'm, I'm and I'm excited about sowing seed into the kingdom. See, you not when you give, you're not just giving to exceed life church. Oh, I'm getting out of my seat again. You're giving to God. You, you say, well, I don't that I'm not going to give to that organization. No, it's not an organization. It's a family. And you're giving to God when you give. It's not you're not giving your money to just a church organization. You're giving to God. God sees your gifts and God will bless your gifts, your financial gifts. He will bless you. He will give you houses that you did not build. Do you believe that today? I mean, I, I have so many stories of tithers in this church where they got houses. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, uh, different people in the church that were believing God and they got houses with good interest rates. Is that amazing? I'm talking about under 3%, praise God. And they bought at the right time and God positioned them. And it's amazing, you know, uh, I was thinking about my brother and his wife, how they got a beautiful house. They were looking for it and God just opened all the doors for them. But they're faithful people in God. They're, they're, they're giving of themselves and tithing and giving into the church. And God's opening up windows of heaven and blessings, glory to God. You can't outgive God. Amen. Amen. And so it says here, you bring your, your finances to the storehouse, the local church, so that there would be food in the house. See, if, 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 if it wasn't for the tithers in this house, I could be working at 7-Eleven full time. Amen. You don't want pastor working at 7-Eleven just to make ends meet. You want me to be in the word of God so that I can, I can bring in the word of God to you. You don't want me to be saying, do you want a Slurpee? Glory to God. You don't, you don't want me to be all focused on work, work outside. Amen. You want me to be focused on the word. And it says here, I will not, uh, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out such a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Maybe you've been tithing and you haven't seen the fullness. It's coming. Maybe you haven't seen the fullness of the blessing, but it's coming. It's coming. God is not slack in his promises. As some men will count slackness, but he's faithful. I'm telling you, slow and steady, fast and fragile. And wealth is gained a lot of times slow and steady, not fast and fragile. And God is making people wealthy in this church. Well, we will have an abundance for every good work. I'm not ashamed to have financial blessings in my life. I'm not ashamed to have not uh, of having a, a full bank account. Thank God for money in the bank. But my faith is in God and not the money in the bank. Amen. So I want to challenge you to be a, 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 a tither. I want to challenge you to move into the tithing realm and watch God open the doors. That's what Malachi was saying. He says, test God in this. The only place in the Bible that says to test God. That's powerful. We're not supposed to test God in anything but the tithe. And he said, test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. See, the reason why people don't tithe, I believe is this, because they have a fear of not having enough. Come on, am I I hitting it on all fours? They have a fear that they're not going to have enough at the end of the month. So they say, I can't tithe because I'm not going to have enough. 
You know why? They, they never end up becoming tithers because they wait until everything else is spent before they give to God. But if you give to God first, God will take care of everything else. But a lot of times we wait until everything else goes by. Then we say, okay, let me see what I have left over. But God is not looking for our leftovers. God's looking for our best. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? If you want God's best, I'm preaching to somebody today, you got to give him your best. If you want God's best, then you're going to have to give God your best. What you do in the name of the Lord, do all. What you do, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever we do in God, do all in the name of the Lord. In other words, our lives should glorify God in all that we do. So I want to challenge you to start tithing and watch God flip the script in your life. Watch God open the doors of grace. Watch God give you favor beyond more than you could ever imagine. So, so, so let me give you some tithing keys. First key, start doing it. <laughs> Make a commitment that you're going to honor God with your finances. Just do it. And, and in Psalms 37, 5, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. When you tithe and give offerings, what you're saying is, I'm delighting myself in the Lord. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will open the door, the grace doors for your life. Then he says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Some of you are believing for some real estate in here. I know it. And God wants to bless you, but you need to make that faith declaration that I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give God my first. I'm going to give him my first 10%. And I'm going to see God do miracles in my life. Number two, you need a, number one, start doing it. Number two, stay consistent. Don't just tithe every once in a while. Do it every time you receive income. See, some people start off and they, and they get, and they're faithful for a short period and then maybe some bills arise and they, well, I can't do it this time. Oh, I can't do that. No, stay consistent in your giving. The Bible says, really, a, in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings. But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished, which means don't chase after riches, but chase after God. But this is the bedrock of the blessing. Oh, man, I got to get out of my seat again. The bedrock of, my, of the blessing of God on your life is faithfulness. The bedrock of the blessings of God in your life is faithfulness. What is faithfulness, Pastor? Faithfulness is sticking in there and not quitting. Faithfulness is doing the same thing over and over again and not seeing any immediate results, but keep doing it until you see the results. Faithfulness is saying, God, it may not look like things. See, at one time we had just the drums and no drummer. And we're just being our best, worshiping God, praising God, thanking God for the band. And eventually God adds the drummer. God adds the keyboard player. But we've had it already set up. And then Tony comes in, and I'm telling you, and, 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 and we're just staying faithful, being our best. We have it set up. And then God brought him in. 
Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And you just got to you got to make room for the Lord. You got to make room for him. You know, you know, God will bless you more than you can ever imagine. Abundantly above more than you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. And in, in number three, when, when tithing and giving offerings, start believing God for increase. See, sometimes we give and we, we don't really, we just give automatically and we forget that we need to stand on the promises of God's God for increase. So every time you give a tithe check, you know, you know, it's a covenant with God. Say, God, I thank you. I'm giving my tithe, my offerings. And I thank you for opening the windows of heaven. I thank you for increasing me. I thank you for blessing me. What you're doing is you're putting a demand on the anointing of the blessing. And when you do that, God will open the doors of grace. See, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We got to believe when we give that God is faithful and that he's going to take what our seed, he's going to multiply it, and he's going to bring it back to us. Yes, so that we can put more into the kingdom. Remember when Jesus took the few loaves? And, and, and the fish. And what did he do? He multiplied it. And everybody ate. And they were full. And they had 12 baskets left over. God is not a God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough. And God wants us moving in from the barely enough to just enough. He wants us to be in more than enough. And I want, I want you there. I want you to be in a, the category of more than enough. So when you're tithing, you're not sweating it out. You're like, well, praise God, I'm going to get a little bit more this, this month. I'm going to add a little bit more, man. I'm going to increase my giving, glory to God. I'm going to tithe and give offerings, glory to God. And, 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 and I'm going to say this, that it's okay to increase. It's okay to have more if you want to give more. See, if you just want to hoard it for yourself, then that's a whole different story. But if you want more to give more, God will give you more. In, in Psalms 115, uh, verse 14, it says, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Hallelujah. So God wants us increasing. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able, say God is able, to make all grace abound towards us in all sufficiency. So he's able to make all grace abound towards us in all sufficiency that we may have an abundance, abundance for every good work. God wants us walking in abundance. God wants you blessed. Can I get a witness in the house today? I'm telling you, God, God takes pleasure, the Bible says, in the prosperity of his servants. He takes pleasure. He doesn't take pleasure in the poverty of his servants. He takes pleasure. Amen. God doesn't get stoked that you're barely making it. No, God wants you living the high life. Why? When people see us, they want to know people. God wants people to be envious of, of the Christian. Why? God wants, uh, God wants us uh, to, in people's eyes for people to be envious of what God has given us. See, the devil, the devil likes to pay his crowd. You know, the devil pays his crowd, right? 
But they have money, but they have no happiness. They got no joy. You know, money won't give you joy. But, but I'm going to say this, that money will help us uh, with the vision that God gives us in our life. It will help us to propel the vision. So, so if you're tithing and giving offerings, I believe it will give you the favor of God on your life. And the favor of God produces, I believe, 10 blessings. The favor of God produces supernatural increase and promotion. Joseph, when he was thrown in the pit uh, and, and, uh, and then he went to Potiphar's house, Joseph, the Bible said, God gave him favor and he increased and prospered even in his affliction. Can God prosper you in your affliction? You better believe it. Number two, the favor that God gives us produces restoration of everything that the enemy has stolen from us. And this is in Exodus 3.21. And, and this is talking about how God gave the Israelites favor with the Egyptians. And, and, and the Egyptians, before they left out of Egypt, gave them their gold, their diamonds. Their, 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 in other words, God caused them to be rich. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Favor, number three, produces honor in the midst of your adversaries. Amen. Favor uh, produces increased assets, especially in the area of real estate. Deuteronomy 33, 23. Uh, favor produces great victories in the midst of great impossibilities. Joshua eleven twenty. And Joshua was always, you know, he was the one that, 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 that took uh, the, the, the city uh, and, and, and the walls of Jericho fell down. And that was the first city. Do you know that first city? Let me just say this. God told them that they weren't supposed to take any of the spoils in that first city. Why? Because that first city was considered the tithe. And then, you know, the rest of the cities that they went in to capture, they were able to take all the, all the spoils of all those other cities. But that first city, uh, Jericho, God gave it to them. The walls came down. And I'm going to say this. When you start tithing and you put God first place, the walls of deficits, the walls of poverty, those walls will start to crumble in your life. And you won't be barely enough. You won't be just enough. You will be more than enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so what is the devil trying to do? He's trying to put fear in the body of Christ to keep us from giving into the kingdom of God. Oh, man, I'm afraid. I I may not have enough. No, listen, don't let fear rule you. Let faith be what you walk in. Let faith define who you are. And people of God are people of faith. And you step out into the water, even though it looks like the water won't hold you up. And Peter, you know, when he said, Jesus, is that you? Call me under the water. Peter was a water walker that day. And when you start tithing, even though it doesn't make sense in your financial situation, and God starts making it work for you, I'm telling you, you're going to realize that God is the God that blesses you in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the situations. You know, God has truly blessed me over the years. I've been a tither for over 20 years. 
I've been tithing, and I've never lacked for anything. God has always opened doors of grace for Pastor Dave and my wife, Yen. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey to see how God has given us favor with people, how God has opened doors of grace and opportunities, how the finances would come in from here and come in from there, how we didn't even know how it happens. Like, wow, 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 wow. Like, you know, it's amazing how God will start working miracles. But I'm faithful. I'm giving. I'm writing out those checks. Glory to God. I'm sowing into the kingdom of God. I'm believing God for increase. And I'm telling you, God's not through with, with us yet. God's going to do some awesome things in this church. I believe that God's going to make some of you millionaires. Somebody needs to say amen on that. I'm telling you, if God gave you a million dollars a year, would you give him a hundred thousand? Yes. Glory to God. I'd give him more than a hundred thousand. Amen. I'd give him tithes and offerings. Glory to God. And I believe as we stay steady, somebody say stay steady in giving into the kingdom. And the Bible says, if you don't grow weary in well-doing, you will reap the blessing if you're faint. Some of you might be saying, well, you know, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm making it. I don't really need to give a tithe because I'm making it. Yeah, but what about your future? What do you mean about my future? Your future, what God wants you to have in this world, but what about the kingdom of heaven? What will happen when you get there? Because the Bible says when we give down here, we're storing up treasures in heaven. If we're not giving down here, there's no treasures in heaven for us. So we, we may lose out on some things. And when I get to heaven, see, heaven is eternity. So you can't go back. You can't go back. You, you can't change it. Once you're there, what you've done down here is all final. But you can change it now. You can start building up treasures in heaven so that you can have something to cast at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that, 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 that the people that were surrounded around Jesus' throne, they were the elders, and they took their crowns off. They had crowns of gold that they received from God, and they cast it at the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want something to be able to give to Jesus when I'm in heaven. I don't want to be bankrupt in heaven. I want to have the blessings of God, not only down here, but in heaven. I'm not living for today. I'm living for tomorrow. I'm living for eternity. And when we get an eternal perspective on our giving, man, we won't even think about it. We'll be writing checks to God. We'll be building the kingdom of God. And pretty soon, Jesus will be taking us up because he, and he will say, good well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of you, Lord. I challenge you. Don't let the enemy keep you from giving. Do it with all your heart and watch the blessings of God run after you and overtake you. Did you receive it? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness. I thank you, Father God, for turnaround. That you're turning some of our situations around. That you're moving supernaturally as we make decisions Father, to seek you first and seek the kingdom of God, you will add all things to us. And I'm asking that you give each one of us 
courage to obey you, to do your word, to do your will, so that we can see the blessings, not only in our lives, but in our families and in all those around us. And I thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing. Perhaps you're here in the audience, perhaps you're listening or watching. Now is the time. You know, the greatest gift you can give God is yourself. And you need to, if you never received Jesus, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord by giving yourself to God. And he will bring you into that place that he wants you to be, that prosperous and blessed place. So just pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead. For my justification, today, I, I, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 